everybody, I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Joe Idoni, and this is the Preferred Lines Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Preferred Lines. We're on iTunes. We are on the internet streaming live each Monday evening, talking this week about the Byron Nelson. But before we get to that, happy birthday to <laughs> you, Joe, Joe, Joe. Hey, it's Joe's birthday, so what does that mean? Well, we're going to crack some beers. Golf. They have go. a lot of beers, dude. I saw that you were out and about this weekend, uh, living it up. If you guys don't follow Joe on Twitter, he was out in where were you, Florida somewhere? Yeah, we went, um, we took a nice little, um, I guess you could call it like birthday slash Mother's Day slash uh, my <laughs> wife's birthday, which was Saturday. So we made a whole weekend out of it, took the kids uh to a little hotel got out of the house for a little bit it's actually our first trip as a family of of four believe it or not it's crazy with everything that's gone on the last year so uh we enjoyed ourselves cute i did see that it was also your wife's birthday you share the same birthday week as your wife yeah tough and mother's day in there yes so so do i and then the week after my wife and i's birthday it's valentine's day so i feel you there tough scene tough (laughs) scene for us yeah yeah and you're after hers, so like yours is kind of like I'm sorry I was born. Like that we have no. to, we have to yeah. even acknowledge me. That's yeah. how I feel. She's really um, the 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 lead act, and we just follow suit. Exactly. Um, now uh, the jock market. We can't get past the first intro here without talking about them. And if you want to sign up for that, I don't know if you've been waiting to do that for some reason. But now you're inspired. You can do it with the code PL10 and get ten bucks added to your deposit. This is the best app, Joe. You're playing it. You could play it passively. You could play it uh, every minute of every round. You could do it over, you know, just sign in for that jock market power hour show that you do every Wednesday with Rick Run Good. You could show up for that. You could press some buttons there. And then you wake up on Sunday and you see where you're at. I mean, there's different ways to play this app. You get to buy the players. And they're not that expensive. And then if they win the tournament, they get you $25 per share. And then if they get second, it's tiered all the way down to if they're the worst golfer ever, they still get a dollar. So you could buy a guy at two bucks. The worst thing that you can lose is a dollar. So you can buy 10 shares, you lose 10 bucks. And that'll be the gift we give you with the PL10 code there. Do you have any insight? on? I mean, why aren't people using this uh, app more or are they? I don't know. I definitely think people are. Yeah, it's picking up a ton of steam. I had people get into me uh, last week that just said that they joined it for the first time. So I think it's definitely picking up steam. Look, it's it's fun. And like you said, you don't have to have. Thank you, Lloyd. Thank you, you guys. I see you in there, Jeff, Scotty. Uh, appreciate you guys. Um, but anyways, so, yeah, you don't have to have a ton of like you don't have to be throw three, four hundred, five hundred bucks in to make a good profit. Like you said, the highest price guy last week. I believe was Justin Thomas went for like $11 a share. So you like Justin Thomas, you put down 11 bucks on him. Boom. You have a share of JT. You can buy and sell that throughout the event. Ton of fun. Use the promo code down there. PL 10 will get you a free 10 bucks where you can get a share of the highest price call for this week. Or, or you can go and get Rory or something like that for seven bucks last week. And we had other guys. Keith Mitchell, I think was $2 last week ended up uh, finishing at $20 a share. So yeah, ton of fun, a lot of different ways to play it. Uh, If you are able to, and it is legal in your state, which they're getting more and more States to come on board every week. Um, 
definitely sign up. Ton of fun. Yeah, I, I think like when you do a DraftKings lineup, it's kind of like you have a six-team parlay. Where on this, I feel like you're making outrights uh, and you're still making like top tens, top fives, top twenties, all at the same time on a guy. When you buy them on the jock market, you're kind of investing in the possibility of having them do anything good. So uh, DraftKings, you could have one guy ruin you totally. Uh, you have the you have the winner, but you don't make any money. This there's just I don't know. I just yeah. feel like it can always. No, end you're up right. You're right. Now there isn't the lotto ticket upside that DraftKings has, but you also don't have to be perfect. So um, DraftKings, there's a lot of times Thursday afternoon, you're dead. Like your lineups, your hundred bucks, your two hundred bucks that you threw in, your fifty bucks you threw in is gone. Like unless you can kind of feel it, unless you're perfect, you're basically not winning anything. Plus, unless you're playing the rake free contests like the Pat Mayo Experience Open and these other ones that are out there. They take a ton of rake. Like, you know, I, I love DraftKings, but um, you know, they're taking 15% rake on these things. We talked to Mike Miller early on, like outright tickets are sometimes 40% juiced in one direction. So um, essentially, if they the books price out a guy at 14 to 1, uh, you're paying like 10 to 1 for it. So 1% fees on the jock market is is minimal in comparison to this. So if you feel like you you know something this week and you're on to something and you got a player that you like, great place to put your money. Absolutely. And this week we don't have a guest, but do you want to talk about your guy, Rory, uh, who cashed bigly on the jock market and won a bunch of money for people at 18, 20, 22 to 1 at places last week? Rory, course history is real, it seems. It's real. There's no doubt about it. It's good to see, like, I don't know. It sounds corny, but golf's always better when Rory's right there, right? He's like, I feel like he's the the torch carrier for the PGA Tour. Um, we had concerns and with good reasons going into last week, which is why we didn't really take him. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the driving was off. He seemed to have fixed something. He also, like, it's funny that we're not, like, it's it's funny that we don't get injury reports because had it come out Wednesday that he like had a creak in his neck in May withdrawal Thursday, nobody would have played him. You know what I'm saying? Like if you heard that information on Wednesday, nobody would have had any Rory. And yet he comes out and plays great and wins the tournament and he's back. He's going back to Kiowa Island where he's won a PGA championship before here in a week. Um, so yeah, good to see Rory back. Love it. It's, it's funny to me that if, Rory had the morning tea time Thursday and Webb had the afternoon tea time right. on Thursday. Maybe there would have been a difference because, you know, that's what happens. You wake up, you don't feel right. And if you don't feel right, but you've got four or five hours to rub it out, boom, this could happen. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, a long time to rub it out. Yeah. Yeah. Rory got it rubbed out. So good for Rory. He got to win. And we like it when he wins because we're friends of his pilot, right? Yes. Uh, my next door neighbor, Rory's pilot. So he probably had himself a good week, and I never see the guy hardly anymore. But, uh, yeah, good for him. Um, now, course history was a big deal last week for Rory, but is it this week because there is no course history? What are we going to do? We're going to have to rely more on a recent form or narratives or motivations or outside-of-the-box things, just statistics. What are you going to do with no course history, Joe? All the fun stuff that we love to look into, right? Like Texas, hometown <laughs> narrative, all these kind of narratives that never work out for us will be high on this week. Um, but yeah, look, week before major, I'm 
telling myself this here live on this show to force <laughs> it upon myself. I'm going to tread lightly this week. I'm going to save yeah. some money for Kiowa. New course. I don't really know what to think. Look, we've seen this event happen. So I just go back to even when it was at a different course, right? Brooks is on the top of the world. He cannot, anytime he wants to tee it up and win, he wins. Um, I'm taking it back two years ago. He comes to this event the week before a major that he ended up winning, by the way, and loses to Sung Kang, like out of nowhere. So, like, that's what I mean. Like, this week, I see a lot of people that like the top of the board, but I'm not going there, man. Like, does, does, do these guys care, like, enough? Uh, it's not that they don't care, but it's just for me. I feel like there more of their emphasis is placed on next week, obviously, uh, and we've seen these events many times right before the major uh, be very random and, and kind of pop out of nowhere. Plus, we have no course data to go on, so I'm going to take a couple stabs and call it a week. What about you? Yeah, basically, I'm just treating it like a normal week, but I'm using more of a, an approach on DraftKings of a Stars and Scrubs because I the field's a little weird, so I feel like yeah. you do need a stud in your lineup. And I do feel like the studs, they will approach this week, you know, trying to get themselves into contention. Yes. People often ask themselves, is this a week that they'll take, they'll be like practicing stuff for the major? No, no. They no. want to put themselves in a body position where their body has adrenaline flowing through it. And then how do they react? How do they hit the ball? Because next week's going to be the first, one of the first, I mean, the Masters had patrons there, but this is going to be like a rowdy atmosphere, I feel like, at, the first time in a while yeah, that's major because uh, there was limited patrons and you're supposed to behave yourself at the master. So this might be just a little bit of a rowdy party. So therefore the adrenaline will be flying. So I think these, these stars, these guys that are at the top of the board here, they're going to want to get themselves into, they're playing to get into contention to have that six footer that makes them nervous or whatever, just to, so they feel it this week and they're more prepared for it next week. So I'm playing around doing a normal thing probably. Okay. Yeah, uh, let's get right into it, shall we? Go to the top of yeah, the board. Let's open up the betting board. We're using the DraftKings Sportsbook. It is green and black. We like it because it looks cool. But we have no ties to DraftKings. We can't even bet on this stupid books. But if you have access to the numbers here, you're looking at Bryson DeChambeau and John Rahm sharing the top of the board. The tippity-tip-tip top of the board was Dustin Johnson until he decided uh, my knee hurts or do we believe that? Because <laughs> I don't know. Not buying right. it. Yeah, he was flipping off of boats last week doing backflips. Yeah, backflips no, off of boat. Usually when your knee is, is troublesome, ain't the best way to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's a fun guy, that DJ, but he's a wild card. He doesn't want to play this week. I don't blame him. He needs to practice because he's a little rusty, and I don't think he cares as much about the Byron Nelson as he does the major. So, But Bryson and DeChambeau is here at the top, and John Rahm at 8-1. to one. Do you have any interest in doing that? No, not right now. I may bet Bryson. He's the only one that I see is really viable here, like in the top under 20 to one, I will say. Um, just because he played well last week on the weekend. He did not play well before that, but it was mostly due to the fact that he could not score on the par fives. Um, from what I've gathered from this place, and I had a little bit of time to do a little bit of research today, read a couple articles, listened to Rick's thing, a couple other guys that I like to read their pieces on, uh, wide open, right? Uh, 
you can land a plane on these fairways. They are huge, and the greens are very big as well, and it's going to basically turn uh, into whoever makes the most putts. And I just feel like his game is in the best spot. We haven't seen Spieth in a little bit of while, so I have some worries there. Same with Daniel Berger. What we saw last of him was not great. Rom, oh my God, Rom was Rom was must see TV it last week. Like he was throwing these tantrums. Um, the one was classic on seventeen where he he finally didn't react. Did you see this when he missed the putt? And you were just expecting like you saw it boiling and coming up to this, and he missed like a three footer basically to miss the cut. Didn't react calmly taps it in and I'm like, Oh, like I'm surprised he's not throwing. He grabs his ball out of the hole and launches it in the lake. Uh, <laughs> it was funny, man. But something's up with Rom Brooks. Something's up with Rob. Hello, Joe. You have children. Yeah, right. Exactly. The, you know fuse is short right now for John Rom shorter than it normally is. Um, and then I, you know, Brooks, I'm not obviously not betting him the first week back. This is totally get ready for next week. And Hideki, like what Hideki's been in quarantine for like a month since he won. He right. had to go to Japan. He couldn't like leave a hotel room for like two weeks just to go back there and make an appearance. Then he comes back, has to point like it, it, I'm no way I'm touching anyone or considering anyone but Bryson here, and I have not bet it yet. What about you? Sorry that was long. No, I love that because I lost your audio for a second on my uh, – these old AirPods, they lose – they, they're old. They're bad. I, I don't know. I'm losing connection on them a couple of times. So, but uh, that's why you just go to the next name there. You go to Matt Fitzpatrick. Okay. Because – Give me a reason. Now, the reason, Joe, is that it's a sneaky bomber narrative course, and he's a sneaky bomber now. Uh, the last 12 rounds, the last two months, the dude ranks second in this field off the tee. If you expand that further, you go the last three months, which includes the last 24 rounds or so, third in the field off the tee, Matthew Fitzpatrick. So hitting well off the tee also happens to be one of the best putters in this field. Yeah. So you combine his off the tee game with the chance that he can catch hot fire putter with also motivation that we know we need this week because we don't know the course history th stuff. We need motivations. And we know M Matthew Fitzpatrick, he's able to lift trophies. S other tours and around the world places, why can't he do it now and here? Yeah. When it's a little bit of a shitty field, he kind of is a little bit of an elite, under-the-radar, sneaky player. Seems like – a good time for him to just get a win. Like, uh, so I like the number at, well, I guess it, I don't know where you can find it, but you can get it at like 22. Yeah. Fine, right. 25. Matthew Fitzpatrick. I'm in. Okay. I am not going to disparage that pick at all. I think what you said in just getting a hot putter is valid. I think he's gained a ton of distance. I went with, I went with two guys, uh, the other two guys, essentially in the 20s there. So I took Scheffler at 25, Zalatoris at 28. Those have dropped a little bit with the Dustin Johnson withdrawal. Uh, I don't know that I'd take Zalatoris still at 22, but I was on him last week, essentially at the same number. I'm going to back him again in Texas. I followed him. He was my one-and-done pick last week, so that sucked. But um, I followed his rounds very closely. Hit a ton of fairways and greens. It almost felt like um, – was just a little bit too safe, like just center of the fairway, center of the green, and just didn't make any putts. So uh, that ended up and culminated in a missed putt when he did miss, miss cut when he missed a couple of greens, wasn't able to get up and down. But all in all, not a bad performance. And I think Scheffler is kind of um, peaking 
I just think he's peaking. Going back to Texas, going back to a place where he's familiar, uh, getting ready, geared up for the PGA Championship, where he had a great run last year in Harding Park, his best performance in a major to date. Uh, I think they're both good picks, and, and I took them 25 and 28 to 1. Those are my two guys. Really, uh, only one sort of at the bottom of the board this week so far. I really do think your card could just be Fitzpatrick, Scheffler, and Zalatoris and just be done with this whole rest of the board. And like that, you could have a really good win equity value there. I think and so. Yeah. Granted, you're missing that Bryson chance, but that eight number, you know, eight to one number doesn't appeal to a five, ten dollar better like myself. So I need that 25. I need that motivation. Yeah. So I'm looking at Fitzpatrick. What about the guys that just won? Can they go back to winning again? Burns and Leishman, we have them at 35. You're right. They both are coming off a of victory. That's funny. Um, Leishman's too low for me down at 25 to 1. Burns, I don't know. Uh, seems like a good spot for him, right? Can just bomb it out there. Uh, he's playing so well, but I passed on him as well. And then you have Ryan Palmer right there. Obviously, has the, you know, is going to be super chalk this week, I think. Mm-hmm. Has the course record narrative. I saw some things on him today, sort of giving his. Um, projections for winning score and how he thinks the course is going to play and what it favors. But, you know, Ryan Palmer in Texas always seems to to let you down a little bit. You know, he's going to be there, of course, but he, is he going to win? I don't know. Well, I mean, I I feel like he's kind of owed a win. We gave him a win with Rom, which basically isn't really a win, but before that, it's been like almost 10 years. So this is the guy that might actually be the next that's due to get that monkey off the back. There's been a bunch of those people who have checked the box for the first time in a long time. And I like it. I'll take a 50 to one flyer on Ryan Palmer. So I'm into that. I'm going to do that. And then there's other guys in this range that have won already too. See Wu Kim. He won. What did he win? He won uh, the Amex. Did he win in January? He won the Amex. Yeah. And he's had a good run through Texas before. Um, Maybe even this event at Trinity, or maybe it was – I'm not sure which – maybe it was Valero, I'm thinking, that he had a couple of good performances at. But, um, yeah, I think Siwoo at 40 just felt a little bit low for me. You know, Palmer is all the way down to 33-1 to 1 on my book, which is oh, why shit. I passed on him. So a 50-1 to 1 I think is a great number. Uh, I took another guy there at 50 in Sergio. Okay, well, he also had one in the fall. Didn't he win in October or something? September? Yes. So, yeah, he won Sanderson. I don't know. I'm getting stuff confused now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Sergio, look. Sanderson. And then he was ninth at players. Sergio was the ninth. I mean, he's played decent, but he's coming in with back-to-back missed cuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got you to remember, though, they went through that weird phase of, like, we're playing match play this time. Oh, now we're playing as teams. Oh, now we have a week off. Now we have a major, blah, blah, blah. It's just the crazy time of year. So you kind of have to throw that shit out the window. No course history. Sergio will come in, and he'll be that veteran that's focused, thinking about trying to get himself into contention and have the sweat and be nervous in a situation to get himself ready for next week. That's what I want to say. Yeah want to say has a spot there with his family in this general area usually plays well in texas actually i was at the byron nelson um now i can't remember if he won it or not that was at los Colinas. i think he did Hmm. um which was at a different course obviously um but is familiar with this sort of event 
played well at the match play in Austin as well. So, yeah, I like Sergio, 51. The, the other one I was considering was Jason Day, and I played him last week. I played him a lot last week, and I'm just scared that I had the narratives in place last week, and it didn't pan out because he putted like shit, uh, mostly because he putted like shit. Well, so what's up with Jason do I, Day? Like, I saw that picture you posted own, on Twitter. Yeah, for my own sanity, do I need to back him again here at 50 to 1 just in case he plays well? Because there are a ton of narratives. Look, uh, the US Open is at stake for him. So Torrey Pines, a place where he's won twice. Uh, he's on record as saying it's his favorite golf course. That's where the US Open is this year. And he's currently one spot, I believe, ahead in the OWGR, maybe actually out of it now with the missed cut last week. So he's got to, I believe, May 24th is the cutoff date where he's got to be within the top 60, which is why he's teeing it up this week. I don't know. I feel like I just because I played it last week, I may have to go back. I'm hoping for like a 55-60. All I see is a 50 right now. What is up with him, though? He is puffy. He is looking a little... Um, look a little JJ Spanish, right? Yeah, what the hell? I was, I was like rubbing my eyes looking at the picture you tweeted out. Yeah, look, I, you know, he's getting older, right? He's had some back problems. He's got three kids, and I think his wife is pregnant again with number four right oh. now. So yeah, that's that's what happens, man. You you get a couple kids, you you, you get start getting them puffy. You start the getting puffy, bro. Yeah, you know what it's like. Oh my god, my back is killing me. Yeah, back starts killing you. You start getting puffy. You stop caring about shit so much. Um, but <laughs> grow a beard to hide the to him. Like yeah, yeah. The the teddy bear beard isn't working for him. No, would like to see him play well. All right, I'm into that. I don't care about Jason Day whether he plays well or not. I just want him to be in the U.S. Open for his own th- self. That would make himself feel better, and maybe he'll eat less ice cream at night when he's depressed. <laughs> Maybe he's sad. Uh, Doug Gim, I feel like he's played super well, but he's been let down by his putter, which we kind of like those guys that have this 70 to 1 number. Had he had a good putting week, he might have had a better result, which would have pushed his number towards 66 or 50 or whatever. But we're getting 70 to 1 on Doug Gim, who is a Texas guy, I think I remember. Yeah. So yeah. what about that? Okay. Um, I just feel like I'd like to see him putt. A little bit better and yeah. i'd like to see him with a couple of recent finishes a little bit better it seems like he's kind of trending the wrong direction lately uh but i did you know you mentioned earlier like should we just take all three of these guys in the 20s there were three guys at 80 to 1 and i didn't know who to pick it just took all three and i think that's it for my card cool who are they they are Actually, all three of them not only are coming in in good form and played well last week, I look back to the Vivient Houston Open, which was held in the fall, which was also at a brand new course that we hadn't seen before in Texas. Um, And all three of these guys, top 10 there. Actually, I think one of them finished 11th. One of them won it um, and all played well, really well last week. So it's Gooch who had a fourth at the Houston Open, who's playing pretty well, who I think is his if you're going to talk about someone who's due, who's in good form um, to kind of break through, I think he fits that mold. Carlos Ortiz, who played really well last week, who won the Houston Open. And then um, your guy, who I believe you've been on for a couple of weeks, Aaron Wise. Right? Yeah. Tita Green, monster last week, and also had a top 
I think he finished 11th, actually, at the Houston Open, but has a win at this tournament. Uh, granted, that was at Trinity Forest at a different golf course. Can't really write that in here, but all three of them, 80 to 1, took the trio. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I mean, on Aaron Wise, I couldn't find an 80. I found a 70 and I hammered that hard. Now, uh, the house is not on Aaron Wise because I don't really want to put a house on an 70 to 1 guy. That's a little risky, but I do like that on DraftKings, especially you can get him in the low 7,000 range. But we know Aaron Wise needs to bring his putter if he's going to contend because he is lights out with T to green. You said that he was plus 9.3 strokes T to green last week. I don't know if it led the field. I think it was close to leading the field. Remember when he came in, he came into the Byron Nelson in 2018 off of a second place and off of a really hot iron round or two. So then he came into the Byron Nelson and carrying that T2 and he won. So I'm into Great him point. maybe carrying in his good finish last week to win this week. Love it. So, all right. What else? then? Now you're 80 to one. Do you consider that a long shot? Yeah, 80 to one's a long shot, man. Okay. Um, they don't hit that often, and <laughs> I mean that's like you could put down a pretty small bet and you pay out 80 to one. That's definitely considered a long shot. I put the cutoff point generally at around like. 60 depends on the event depends yeah. on the event 60, yeah, 60, I'm, gonna those, I'm gonna definitely classify those as long shots this week now we call the triple digits the you probably should do a top 10 on it but do you have any of those names now keith mitchell is here and he's played well last week so is cameron champ they're at 85 to 1 before we skip past those names we should probably talk about that if it's a bomber narrative they're the bombers keith mitchell up on those lists with by uh Bryson. I mean, let's look at this. Like, where did I see Keith Mitchell over the last two months off the tee? He and Fitzpatrick are at the top. See, this is why golf betting is so hard. Um, last week, Keith Mitchell came into that event off a historic all-time shittiest performance on the greens we have ever seen in the PGA Tour. Like Rick has been keeping stats on this stuff on strokes game putting for like eight years was the worst performance he had ever had in his database. Keith Mitchell comes in, finishes second. Gary, but Wood you know why he had those numbers right on his putter? Yeah, it was bad. It, it was, was bad. I saw yeah, it. You, like how? Like how do you predict that he's going to come back? And then like who had him top five last? Week? And then Gary, like he was Gary was so bad the week prior. Like, I'd never seen him play that bad. He could not hit a green for his life. He was missing everything right. He was getting ripped on by your boy Colt Nost out there. Um, and it was so shitty. And then he comes back a week later and is so good. It, like, this this stuff's hard, man. And Rory, too. Like, how are you going to predict that? Like, yeah. It, 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 like, there's nothing coming in besides course history that would have led you to believe, okay, Rory's going to get it back here. Right. Um, so yeah, th that last week, that leaderboard to me was just like wild. And I feel like anyone who landed on Keith Mitchell and Gary Woodland was just like, sometimes knowing less is more, right? You just look at those names and you're like, hey, Keith Mitchell, he's won before. Hey, Gary Woodland, he's won a U.S. Open. Let me just take that at like 125 to one, having not known they both had historically bad performances the week before. So anyone can bounce back. That's why, you know, I say that because we're looking at like, like stats and things like that to pull from anyone can really bounce back and come up this week. Um, especially seeing a new place we've never seen before. 
Lee Westwood was in contention two tournaments in a row. It's a, a runner up, and now he's ninety to one, and not even being thought about. Should we think about him? He's a name. He's a name there. Um, there's, you know, I thought about Sebastian Munoz at one hundred to one. Ended up on those guys at eighty instead. I thought about our boy Wyndham Clark, just the bomber Damn. narrative and tends to, you know, I'm looking for a guy who can just like pop with the putter. Right. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't consistently putt well, but all of a sudden, you know, gains four strokes putting and can lap the field because of his driving distance. Burgoon's another one who hits it a long way. So, you know, you, you, you pick a lane and you kind of go with it. Driving distance was my huge like lane last week and it looked terrible after round one because it was all short knockers. Uh, but you ended up, you look at the final leaderboard, it was bomber scores, right? That's exactly how it played out. So um, I think I'm going to go with that again. I don't know. Do you see any names down here and triple digits that get you fired up? Well, I, like I said, I mean, I'm into Wyndham Clark. He was 160 to one. So I think I put a dollar on that. I can't remember if I did that yet, but um, I wanted to ask you, you were into a guy last week on the jock market show. You do a show every Wednesday night live with Rick run good on his YouTube channel, where you talk through the uh, jock market board as the IPO closes. And you mentioned Will Gordon. Could you go back yeah. to him? Because he falls third behind Keith, Mitchell, Matt Fitzpatrick over the last two months in off the tee strokes game. Will Gordon. Interesting. I like Will Gordon. I do like that. I think he makes a good top 10, top 20 play here just because um, his obviously strength is distance off the tee and his weakness is accuracy. So um, you get a course with wide open fairways. It tends to obviously it's going to help him, right? So he can spray wherever he wants and just pound a 325 off the tee, and then you got to get up and down from there. The other guy I was looking at um, who Rick has kind of been on, and, and I hadn't really even heard of him before that, but also 250 to 1 is Vince Whaley. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's, I've been guy, he's, he's a cut maker. On these things. He was on Rory last week. I should probably just listen to whoever he says going forward and take them. So – but Vince Whaley, uh, 250 to 1, might make a good top 10 bet. You might be able to catch like a 15, 20 to 1 on a top 10 there. You never Yeah, I had him as a top 20 bet two weeks ago, and he was like 25th. So I missed that by a slight hair. And then he's been 6,400 making cuts for my GPP teams on DraftKings. And then this last week, I was like, no, nah, can't do it. He's like made eight in a row. I can't, I, I don't believe in it. And then he made another cut. And now DraftKings has him at $7,000, Vincent Whaley. He's. He's somebody. He's moving up. I don't even know There's if I can pick him out of a crowd. That, I've never seen a swing. There's a couple of guys that are I really wish were here that I'm disappointed or not. One is by guy Dylan Fratelli. He lives mm. in this area. Um, I've seen him. He's at home in Dallas. Mm -hmm. I follow him on Instagram. He's working out. He's getting ready. Like I'm like, he's gained all this distance. I'm like, how are you not here? How are you not here, Dylan? Mm -hmm. And the other one, where are you at, Cam Davis? Like, you played pretty good last week. Another Bombers course. Like, come on, man. Let's see you. You're young. Get out there, man. All right. We got a question in the audience about Cantlin. Is he a Euro? means Catlin. John Catlin. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Catlin. I've heard of him. I don't, I don't normally go risking it on a Euro name that, you know, I've – I only – I only watch as much as I can watch, right, Joe? I don't wait up in the night and watch the Euro. I don't wake up early and watch the Euro. I don't really know. You know, if a guy had, if I've never seen him swing the club and he's on the PGA Tour, then especially a guy I haven't even seen swing the club and he's on the Euro Tour, I don't know if I could risk that. 
do you risk that kind of stuff? I, I do watch a little bit of Euro. I, I see him here at 125 to one. I don't think it makes a bad bet. I would like to see him play over here a little more often. Um, mm-hmm. I like to see guys with a little bit more of a blend between the tours. Um, it's just, it doesn't seem to translate right away for these European guys. Like I would rather, um, and who asked that question? Jesse. Yeah, Jesse, I would rather look at guys, and this is maybe a wrong take, but I would feel more comfortable putting money on guys coming up from the corn Ferry tour than I would coming over from the European tour. And that's not saying that they're better players or that they're going to have better careers. I just mean for one event to come across the coast, they it plays so much different over there. And I just don't see a, much success coming out of there. So for me, I would rather take that money and put it on a guy like Peter Uline, who's coming up from the corn, like the corn fairy tour is ridiculously competitive. And I feel like it plays closer to these PGA tour type courses. He is last three corn fairy tour events, first, second, seventh. So he's dialed. Like he's as dialed as he's ever been. And he has a lot of experience on the PGA tour. I would rather put my money on someone like him coming up, getting their chance to play this event and get into the PGA championship, get into all these, you know, secure their card, all these other stuff. I think it just, um, is a safer play, but Catlin is playing great. You know that Uline was on the Euro tour with Brooks Kepka at one point, and they were like friends. I think they were roommates, I remember reading. Uline and Brooks, really? Yeah. I don't know if they were roommates, but they were, they were I don't even know if it was the Euro tour. It might have been the like the one before they were on the Euro tour, like they were both babies out of college or something. I don't remember, but I was like, they're friends. That's weird. So hey. Maybe Uline's just a little jealous of seeing his guy Brooks having all this career success that Uline, Peter Uline, who has – he's supposed to be good. I mean, he has talent. Yeah, he has a ton of talent. He just won. Um, he's His short game is incredible, so I don't know that that's going to play a huge factor at a course like this. But, yeah, he's got to win. And he, and he has played pretty well in the last, his last couple starts on the PGA Tour. So uh, I would look for someone like him to pop – there's a couple of other guys like Seamus Power. Um, mm-hmm. I had a lot of last week who got in a Monday queue. You know, those type of guys, like you Monday qualified, like how are you feeling better about your game than that, right? That's like as hard as it is to get into a tournament. You usually see those guys tend to make the cut and can kind of carry it over. Um, just another – like, won. What's that? Connors yeah, won after qualifying. Exactly. Chris Baker, my boy. I saw someone shout him out earlier. Is the oh, yeah, there's a comment about guy a on real stab for. from Lloyd. 2,000 to 1, Lloyd. He's That's the bogey the- maker more than he's the birdie <laughs> maker. Sorry. He's double bogey maker. Yeah, but okay. So I can, well, I can, right. I can see myself out. taking a top 20 on, uh, on, a, on a Chris Baker. Why not? He's going to be like, uh, what? what is 2001 equal when they come out with the top 20 market? Like that should be 80 to 1, 60 to 1 on a top 20. I'll take it. I like Baker. Yeah. All right. So Lloyd said he also is going to put a shed bet. I like that. Not a house bet, a shed. <laughs> That's what you can do is you can follow Joe Idoni at Tour Picks on Twitter, and he'll be tweeting his betting card. We do also post it on our Instagram page. Yeah, we have an Instagram. It's got like 30 followers. So if you go over there and you follow that, that'd be nice. It'd make me feel like I was actually Instagramming to someone for no one. So maybe follow that if you're on Instagram. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at two, uh, what are we at? Preferred Lines. And then we'll be retweeting our stuff. That's what we do. Uh, we don't really. 
we're not a, an account that you have to worry if you follow us, you're going to be annoyed and you have to mute us. No, we only have like three things we tweet about every week and we don't like anyone's posts. We don't show up and annoy your Twitter feed. So you can follow at preferred lines. I do do a house bet. That's what Lloyd was referring to. Uh, I will put the house on somebody, not my actual house. I know that this is roulette. I have two children inside. I can't afford to let them live with no home. Can't afford to put a real house. On. You mean it's not an actual We're house? We're enjoying ourselves. Hey, you know what, Brian? Brian's a good guy. He's a good guy, and uh, uh, he says great pot, and we appreciate that. So thank you for Thanks, following. Brian. Um, what else do we need to know? Like and subscribe, rate and review. Yeah, like, subscribe, rate, review. Um, I have emailed the couple of guys last week just to follow up who won the Travis Fulton. Um, training packages that we gave away so i emailed travis today sorry i was a little late getting that info over but he will reach out to you on that uh we also have a merch store we got hats we got some sweet t-shirts you guys should buy that fantasy golf your, uh, you got autographs can we get some more of those i might have to go get some <laughs> I, I saw there was a big news today that the upper deck pga tour boxes did you see those no so they're launching PGA Tour cards. I looked into it because I thought it would be good content. They're going for like $1,100 for a box of 32 cards. Holy shit. Yeah, but but so it's what crazy. About, do we have to what's kind of weird about it is like they haven't done PGA Tour cards in like nine years. Hmm. So the rookie cards which you know would normally be the class of 2021 goes back like nine years. So if you get a Justin Thomas, it's a Justin Thomas rookie card. And what? it's a Bryson rookie card. It's a John Rahm rookie card. And they're like autographs and stuff. But, you know, I'm thinking I may save my 1100 bucks and just go buy some more 8x10s. Yeah, do that. 8x10s and wait for the <laughs> online golf version of it. Because no one wants cardboard in 2021. Like, we want those top shot. I was about it earlier because I was trying to get some info on it because I was interested. It's almost like just – wait until they drop and people open them and go get the couple of ones that you want. Like I want the Matt Wolf. I feel like this is a great buy low spot for a Matt Wolf rookie autograph card. Maybe get it for Oh, sweet dude. How that's dope. Yeah. My, my brother and I used to run a t-shirt company and we used this as a logo. So, and then the NBA came after us and was asking us for a royalty because it looks too close to the real symbol. Really? Yeah, they were like, like cease and desist, level. man. And so then we're like, dude, we don't make any money. We're just doing this for fun. But yeah. Anyway, anyway yeah. Um, cards. If anybody gets them, let me know if you get a Matt Wolf. I'll buy it. Yeah, uh, I'll take a uh, Sung JM or a Patrick Reed. We know that, right? All right, boys and girls. Thanks for watching. This was a short and sweet pod, and we're going to be back again Monday night next week. Oh, the DFS Open. I forgot to mention that. We should mention that. DFS Open. You should probably book your flight. Are we going to do that next February? 100%. We're doing it. Yeah. Uh, next February, Honda Classic Week. It will be bigger than ever. DraftKings is involved. It's going to be fucking sweet. You will definitely want to be there. Um, you probably shouldn't book your flight just yet, but... The way it's going to work, uh, registration will probably open up sometime in the fall. So anyone who came last year gets the right to keep their spot. So they're going to have an early registration period. I imagine they all come back. So it's going to be like getting a top shot pack, getting into the DFS. Open. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, there's going to be like 10 spots for 
for everybody, but um, Lloyd, Lloyd, I know you'll be there, buddy. We we got your spot reserved. Yeah, and anytime anyone wants to come play golf in Minnesota, I'm up here, and you can play with me or maybe even me and Moose. Maybe we can convince Moose from Fantasy National to take us to Hazeltine. That'd be nice. Uh, anyway, Joe, happy birthday, buddy. Thanks, pal. Go have yourself a nice little late night snacky snack in the back. A little ice, cream, a little ice cream cake waiting in the fridge for ah, me. Cute. You're the man, Joe. Thanks uh, for everyone watching. I uh, will see you guys later. Bye bye. See you for Kiowa. Peace. Oh, big week with the major. Major season. Cheers. Peace out.